God is good, amen? Praise God. Yes, God is so good. You know, uh, I've been studying so much about, uh, you know, our purpose uh, in the Lord, uh, just in general, uh, but, you know, both for myself, but also to feed the churches. Um, although some of the things I get into, I, I, I haven't planned for either of those things. I just kind of seek God and where I end up, I end up, you know what I mean? And, and, and I, I don't always have a, a specific method of how I do it. Um, in fact, I have no method at all, honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. I just endeavor to follow the Lord for my life. And one of the greatest things that I ever learned was this concept of following the Lord, that we can follow God, that we can learn how to interact with God as we're here, you know, and, and God teaches us so much. You know, there'll be different ministers and they'll preach different things or, you know, and we're all called to minister in some level. And so if I say ministers, I don't just mean people that stand in a pulpit, but anybody who would be called by the name of the Lord. We're ministers unto God. I mean, even when we praise and worship, we're ministering unto God. Amen. And so that's still a form of ministry and it's something that we're called to. But, uh, you know, everybody's going to have their walk and it's going to sound different and God's going to, you know, do different things and stir up different things and there'll be different giftings. But all those things come together uh, for the body of Christ, for the greater purpose, for what God wants us to do. And one of the things I've been studying out that's really interesting is how the whole plan of salvation and everything really is just uh, is just redeeming Eden, basically, is bringing us back to that original purpose. And that when we sin, when we finally get in the presence of God, we're going to be in that place of a recreated and new earth. If you if you if you don't believe me, just go to the end of Revelation, read the last chap- a few chapters. It's a spoiler alert, right? Like you're going to find out what happens. But God recreates the earth. There's a new heavens and a new earth and the heaven comes and heaven literally comes to earth. And so what we partake of is uh, in this new earth as we partake of this life that God had intended for us all along. And it's, it's really quite, uh, I, I think, uh, a quite a, a quite amazing thing that we're, you know, I'm just learning more about. I think that there's a lot of people miss it. But why do I say all this stuff? It's because God is bringing us somewhere. Yeah. You know, in everything that he does, everything that we do, if we follow him, God is bringing us somewhere. And that somewhere is always closer to him. And that's the place that we want to be. And that's what our desire, you know, I heard uh, uh, recently, I heard someone say, uh, it was a minister, it was a short, short clip of a minister, and he said, you know, if, if, you're, um, if, if, if the person ministering, I think is what he was talking about, isn't ministering Jesus, then they're ministering wrong. And so if somebody has like end time theology, for example, and it's not Jesus centered, you know, he was talking, this guy was specifically talking about people being like antichrist centered and stuff like that. You know, people talk about who's the antichrist and stuff. It doesn't matter because the Bible tells us that, that, that it's focused around Jesus. He wins and he's where our eyes are supposed to be. And so when we understand that, we understand that, uh, you, you, you know, that God is doing something. There'll be things that happen, but our focus isn't to be on those things. Amen. And I really appreciated that because it really does put it in perspective for us as we uh, as we go about this life, what is our focus? Our focus needs to be on him. Yeah. No matter what we do, no matter who we are, and one of the things that's supposed to separate us is the fact that our focus is supposed to be heaven, uh, heavenly-minded, so to speak, or the way heaven thinks, uh, versus the way, uh, the way we think. And one of the interesting things, if you don't mind me just sharing a bunch of things, they're just off the top of my head right now. But, but one of the interesting things that I've been finding is that even things like, uh, you know, like God has really been stirring this up in me, you know, what we commonly call the Lord's Prayer. 
and how important the Lord's Prayer actually is. And it's something that I've failed at and kind of laid to the side always. And, and, and part of it was some things that I'd been taught over the years or heard over the years or whatever. But, like, you know, the Lord's Prayer wasn't really... Um, and, and, and granted, I will say this, that the way most churches deal with the Lord's Prayer is wrong. To just simply repeat that prayer and not do it mindfully is not the way God intended us to pray those things. But that we pray them is an important thing. And really our prayer should be starting in that place. Amen. Why? Because the Lord's Prayer, we see his purpose all wrapped up in it. You know, from the beginning that we're, we're, we're glorifying God, and that's something that he wants us to do. We've been created to glorify him. And then, of course, going on to, to see, you know, to pray for, for heaven to come to earth. Your kingdom come. Yeah. Not, not take us to your kingdom. Yeah. That's not what he tells us to pray. He says your kingdom come. Pray for his kingdom to come. So we're to pray for God's kingdom to come here, which is exactly what happens in the end. Amen. And uh, his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? And so we understand, you, you can see God's purposes all laid out there. And so even the other night, I, I think I was woke up in the, sometime in the night and I was seeking the Lord on some things. And, and, and one of the things that came to me was to, to pray along those lines, to pray those things. And you would be amazed. Do you remember those mad, was it mad libs? Is that what they were called? The little booklets where you fill in the nouns, fill in the verb, fill in the adjective. You know, those always tripped me up because I had no idea what an adjective was. I mean, I think I could figure it out now, but back then I, I, I didn't know when I was younger. But, you know, you fill in the blank kind of thing. Uh, but this is kind of the, 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 the line that you use, the storyline you use. And why did that matter? Because you had a story that was tangible at the end for anybody, even if you couldn't write a story. Even if you wanted to be silly... You could write that and it would, it would be silly. It'd be a funny story, right? If you wanted to be dramatic, you could use dramatic words and make it dramatic. Well, you know, the same thing is with the Lord's Prayer. If we understand uh, that God's Prayer is something that we can interject what we're seeing, what we're going through, the things that we're suffering through, the things that other people are suffering in, you know, if we inject those into that, that line of praying, we can actually pray very effectively. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, all of that's free, no charge. Uh, tonight, I want to get into part two of uh, what do you hear? And one of the things I love about part twos and doing part twos and part threes is rarely are they the things that I had that I didn't preach the week before. Usually it's, it's taking it into another, another direction. And I don't know why the Lord works for me that way. Maybe he works through me that way because that's the way I work. And he has to do what he has to do to get me to work right. You know, I mean, that could, I, I leave that fully on the table and I'm okay with that. But, but God is, he's trying to work in us some things, right? And, and this message, I really believe, is incredibly important. This one that we started. So I'm going to do a little bit of review, but the review is also going to lead into, uh, I'm just going to be honest with you, it may, it may just be the same stuff, but um, it's for us to hear again because these are important things. There will be different aspects of it because I know that there's some things in my heart, even the way that I, you, do you know this, that you can even look at scripture differently every time you look at scripture? So in other words, like you, you can look at the scripture. What I mean by that is that not that you reinterpret scripture every time, but you can see how one scripture can apply to many things, right? And uh, depending on what God wants to emphasize in any particular case, uh, you'll, you, you, you really get there, amen? And so we have to be careful too. You know, I'm very, I'm very you know me, I'm very, uh, at least you've heard me uh, say this, you know, I'm very particular about things being scriptural, which I still believe it's a very important thing. But uh, being scriptural isn't necessarily just having a certain scripture 
but it's following the line of Scripture. What, what is, again, you know, in Mayville, is preaching about the trajectory of the Spirit and things like that, but what's the trajectory of this, the, the Scripture? You know, not all things that, that God does or did were specifically a scripture, but sometimes it was, you, you know, what he was doing over the course of many scriptures, many times. And, and there's so many connections in there, that, that there, but we're not, I'm not preaching on that tonight. Amen? But uh, we're, gonna, we're just going to start. I'm just going to bring it up because I don't want to spend a ton of time here. Uh, it's the same scripture I started with last week, Mark 4, 9. And this week we're bringing it up in the NIV, and it's not much different than the NASB. But it said, then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen? And, and if you remember, I had mentioned that, that Jesus would speak this way often, and sometimes he would have to, you know, he would describe things or go into deeper with the, the disciples afterwards. And he spoke in these par parables because he wanted to, really part of that was to engage the people. He wanted the people to be engaged and, and, and care about what was being said. But the thing he knows is this, knew is the same thing that I know now. That's if somebody doesn't care about being what, what, what's being said, it just doesn't matter what's being said. I could preach the best message ever, but if the people don't ever listen to it, that doesn't matter. And Jesus understood that. I mean, who preached better than Jesus? If you say anybody, you're wrong, because they didn't. I can't believe that there is a possibility that anybody could ever preach better than Jesus. No one knew the word like Jesus. He is the word. He is the embodiment of the word. And because he is the word, he knows the word, right? Praise God. And he know the, knew the Holy Spirit better than anyone. And so these things, we know that Jesus was a phenomenal preacher. How could Jesus preach and people not get it? Do you ever ask yourself that? You know, there's this one scripture in Mark that I love. I can't, I think it's in Mark 11. I can't, it's been a long time since I've been there. But it's just this one, I remember when the Lord really uh, let me see some things in it. Jesus said to these people, he said, and the scripture's short, it just says, how is it that you still don't understand? And what I saw that connected to was the, the, the cross, Right? Um, at the time, when the, when the Lord revealed it to me as something where there was like more revelation than just me reading something, but it was something that burned in my heart. But he said, you know, how is it you don't understand? And, and I thought about the, the nails and the hands and the feet and the, the suffering and, and all that Jesus did. And it's how is it that we still don't understand? You know, and, but that, that, that rings true to me. So how, how is it that we still don't understand? Jesus dealt with people that didn't listen. It's very clear. Over and over again, he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Or be careful how you hear. Take heed of what you hear. You know, these different things that he says. And actually, as I was getting into this, even today, I was like, I was like man, I'm, I'm putting together the rest of the message. And I'm like, oh, I could, I could actually go into a third week. And we might. I don't know. We'll follow the Lord. But the point is, is that there's more scriptures about hearing and, and stuff like that and how we hear. And so if there's so much about hearing, we have to ask ourselves, why would God have said so much about hearing if it wasn't important? No, if he said so much about it, it means it's very important. You know, the Bible's only so many pages. It's a lot of pages, but it's still only so many. And to fill it up with redundancies, right, doesn't seem like that would be a very intelligent thing to do. If you're trying to fit all the knowledge that I want to leave a, a group of people with in, in, in really contained in this small, small area. I mean, our brains hold so much information, so much more information than this holds. And yet God saw fit to be able to give us all this information. How much of this stuff did he repeat and why? Jesus said, 
Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, if you will choose to hear, if you'll desire to hear, if you make it a point to hear, if you want to hear, then you will hear. And the hearing is up to us. The hearing is not up to someone else. It's not up to God. It's not up to the Holy Spirit. Do you know, God, we have sat in terrible services before. I think I said this last week. In various places, gone on vacation, went to some random church, sat in the service, and like, oh, this is the worst service ever, you know? I'm not trying to judge them, just like, it's just terrible. They're not teaching anything. I mean, how, how can you judge that, Pastor Jeff? I'll just give you an example. We went to one when they were taking up the offering. The song that they played as they were taking up the offering is Every Breath You Take by Sting, and I'm not joking. That was what the offering song is. Now listen, that's garbage. That's a garbage service. You don't, that's, that's not, you know, that's not, uh, that doesn't, you know, unholy, something as, uh, as holy as taking up an offering. I, 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 I wouldn't import a worldly liberal singer to do it, you know, like, or that, that music. But, you know, so, so I'm not just judging because I'm mean, but I'm just saying that, you know, it's the truth. But, but we, we sat in terrible service, but God has spoken to us in every service. Every service I can, every bad service I've ever been in, God has still spoken to me. And why? Because, it, because if we have ears to hear, then we'll hear. And sometimes I've found that God will even use people that, that, that speak bad things, sometimes to speak good things, if you'll listen. It's amazing. Now, I'm not advocating going to listen to bad stuff, but my point is, is that if you have an ear to hear from God, God will speak to you anywhere. Amen. Well, we asked the scout, we have a, this scholar friend that we asked uh, a question to because we only could imagine. You know, for us, it's not so hard to sit in services, although sometimes it can be because when you start learning something, maybe you, you know, we, I, I say this, every minister has got their pet doctrines, right? They have their, their things that they'll preach over and over again, things they get really stirred about and hungry about or, uh, and, and they'll learn a lot about. And, you know, you might have a pet doctrine that you learn and I haven't ever given any time to it. You may know it way better than I do. And you might hear me preaching sometimes, and sometime, and I, maybe I bring up your pet doctrine that you've studied out thoroughly, and you're like, man, Pastor Jeff ain't preaching on it right. You know what I mean? Like you're missing something in it. And now my point was, is, you know, my, my heart was not to preach anything wrong, but sometimes we don't have the full truth. Has anyone got the full truth? Yeah. No, I didn't think so, so neither do I. And so, you know, none of us have the full truth, and we have to be okay with not having the full truth. But when we sit in a service, I found that sometimes when you get more truth in an area and you hear somebody talk about it wrong, sometimes that can be hard. So then what I thought is, my wife and I both thought this, is, is how hard would it be for somebody who really knows, right? And so we have the scholar friend that we asked, we were like, is it hard for you to sit in a regular church service under, you know, just is it hard for you to sit and listen? And he actually admitted to us, he said, it is very difficult. But what I love is, is that he still does. And this shows the humility. Because he, he understands the way that God works is not just in somebody's perfection or their understanding, but God works in hungry people who desire to hear. And even when somebody, you know, even when somebody is not speak, I love this, these different examples. And I'm trying to find some better examples in scripture. But, you know, even when Jesus was talking about uh, the, when, they were, when, when the, the Pharisees told Jesus to have the people stop worshiping him, and he said, if, if, if they don't, the rocks will cry out. And I don't believe he was just being, like, dramatic when he said it. I believe he was speaking truth because it has to happen. And the thing is, is God has to get truth to us. And he knows that he has to get truth to us through imperfect vessels. 
Now, I'm not doing a commercial for me and how imperfect I am. I'm not doing that at all because it has nothing to do with me. And you should understand that. You being in church or you being where you are has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with the name on the door. It has nothing to do with the, 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 the set of doctrines we follow. The first thing it has to do with is, has God put you there? And if God has put you somewhere, then God has intended you to be fed there. And if he's going to feed you there, it might not even be from the one who's preaching currently. It might just be through the Spirit, but God will do it. And this is important for us to understand. And again, this is what I loved about our friend that when we asked this about them, is it something that they understand? Because I was, I was actually ministering with this friend, and, uh, we were, and I, got, I got nervous at first. Because as I was up there preaching, I hope this is okay with you, just sharing some experiences. I was up there preaching. I would look down and I'd see his face and, I, and he would smile. He was smiling as I, and I looked down. And, I, and instantly in my heart, I'm thinking, this guy's tearing my message apart. You know what I mean? And then it makes me nervous, right? Because I'm like, this, he knows way more than I do about this stuff. And, you know, the, the, the wonderful thing is, is how encouraging he was afterwards. Now, he didn't tell me he learned anything. But, but how encouraging he was afterwards because... Because of uh, like how he could see the spirit move, and then we knew this after uh, you know after the the meetings were all said and done, the spirit had moved on us in a wonderful way, and he brought the aspect he brought, and I brought the part that I brought. You understand, and so uh, the importance is not in what's being said always; it's in how we hear. Now, how we hear? Now, don't get me wrong. If you're hearing something that's just awful, and you're like. I can't stand it to be here anymore. Well, then there's your cue to, yeah. to, to exit, right? But there's other aspects sometimes that we have to look at. And sometimes we can tend to, and God knows this about his humans, yeah. that we can tend to get so on our understanding sided of things that we forget that God is doing something in everybody. God's doing something, you know, look around the church and see all the different personalities you don't like. And, and it's like, but God is doing something in them and for them as well, right? Praise the Lord. But we must be careful because we surely are never the ones who are hearing what we want to hear, right? We're never the ones, when we talk about things, about hearing right, we're always the ones hearing right, right? Oh, it couldn't be me that's wrong. And see, this is, this is kind of part of the thing that Jesus was addressing. Because, you know, one of the things, I've, even as I've talked with friends about uh, different things, you know, like, I like this ministry, and I like this ministry, what do you think about this ministry or that ministry? And I mean, I've had this conversation with, with probably dozens of people, literally, dozens and dozens of people. My wife and I have had these conversations, both with people in the church, but also with people outside the church, we, uh, meaning not part of our general congregations. We just have had these, congrega uh, these, these, these uh, conversations, and it's like, you know, Know, and somebody was like, oh, you really need to listen to this. And somebody's like, oh, you need to re really need to listen to this. And, and I see that there's, there, there can be uh, valid points to everything. But in that, there's times when the Lord connects my heart specifically to one place. And I know that that is a specific feeding. Like these things that I've been studying, I can't tell you why. I know there's some things in my heart I want to study out, but I can't even get into those things because I know what I mean in my heart is just things I want to study, things I'm curious about, Right. But there's in my heart, I'm driven to a certain thing, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Let him who has ears to hear, hear. Yeah. 
See, if we're going to have ears to hear, then we're going to, we're, we're going to listen for what God is saying to us, where he's saying them to us. Yeah. Amen? <clears throat> I can preach a message that people will believe only because they want it to be true. And I've learned that these years pastoring. <clears throat> I've learned this in people. Actually, one time, I don't know if I have this in my uh, notes here, but one time I was preaching, I was actually convicted, I was, I was preaching about something, and I got on kind of a political soapbox, and then all of a sudden, uh, I, I, I heard some, I heard one per person in particular that you almost never hear shout, Amen! Hallelujah! They weren't necessarily just, it stirred them, right? It was something that they, they happened to like, uh, align with in their thinking. And then instantly my heart was smote when I said it. Yeah. Because what I was saying wasn't scriptural. What I was saying wasn't out of a heart of love. It wasn't out of a heart of being angry or mad or anything like that either. But I was just saying something. And I took opportunity in a moment to preach something that was just, just something I wanted to say. It was a pet, kind of a pet idea or, or something that I hold on to. And I found somebody else that rallied, would rally with me and said, yes, amen. They agreed with it, right? See, it's easy to start preaching when you know what people want to hear. Yeah. You can start preaching things, but that was, a, that was a warning to me. And God even brought that back up this afternoon. I mean, this was years ago, but this, God brought this back up this afternoon because as I'm sitting here preparing this, I'm like, how easy is it to get people stirred? Because all I got to do is sit here and tell you things that you want to hear. You want to hear that you will never have trouble in your life. So I can find some way of manipulating the scriptures and preach a message where you have no trouble in your life anymore. If you admit it. Right? You, you, you'll have no trouble anymore. All you have to do is deny it. You'll, have no, you'll never have financial woes or you'll never have uh, sickness come against you. And I can preach all of these things and look around and see that the reality isn't the truth. But I can still preach these things. And I can get people excited. In fact, I have known people. I know people that stay in certain flows, certain veins, because they hear what they want to hear. But see, this is the thing. Knowing that and preaching this to you right now, we can do the same exact thing. If we don't have ears to hear. We can do the exact same thing. We can get so stirred up on what we believe that we can't hear the truth somewhere else. And when you open the door to that in your life, just a little bit, the deceiver is going to sneak on in and he's going to start feeding you other things that make you feel good, they'll make you shout and dance, make you run around the room even. Praise the Lord. But it's not truth. Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Amen? Yeah. To have an ear to hear, you have to purpose. You have to be on it. We don't have many jobs in Scripture, but one of our jobs is to hear right. One of the things God, one of the tasks God has given us is to hear, to be open to hear, to listen to what's being said, to process what's being said. When you hear something that rubs you the wrong way, to reflect it back to your life and say, Lord, is this something in my life that I need to fix? Is there something wrong that I'm doing? Is there something I'm not seeing? You can drive yourself nuts doing this sometimes, and I almost do, if, you, if I'm to be completely honest with you. 
You can ask my wife, one of the struggles that I have in life is that I walk this life and I, I want to make sure. And, and you say, yeah, but you can just trust the Spirit. And I believe in trusting the Spirit. But here's the thing, the Bible distinctly warns us to test the spirits. And if it says to test the spirits, that, that means that there are spirits that can come that can deceive us. And how do they deceive us? When we lose the, the ears to hear. When we lose the, 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 the insistence to hear. If we're, not, if we're not careful, we lose all that. Um, I, and I, I want to stay on this because I, I, this is an issue in the body of Christ. Is, is this idea, it's easy to preach things that people love. Even and especially when it's not true. Because as long as it's telling you and making you feel a certain way. As long as it gives you hope for something. Listen, if I start preaching, everybody, God wants everybody in here to have a million-dollar house. And I gave you scripture for it. And there's people that do. There's people out there that do this kind of stuff. God, God wants everybody in here wealthy and rich and always, always uh, you, know, you know, abundantly. You have so much that you're just sitting there. Somebody's feeding you grapes. Well, here's the thing. If God makes everybody rich, who's feeding you grapes? Because I'm telling you right now, if I'm rich, I ain't feeding you grapes. You know what I'm saying? If I have a full supply, I ain't taking that job. Who's taking that job? Do you, under, do you get what I'm saying? But is the gospel open to everybody or isn't, isn't it? And see, that's the exact same thing that I'm trying to say. But people will stay there even if they don't experience, experience it because what they want is they want it to be true. And we're going to get into this later, but this is what tickling ears or itching ears is all about. So I have this note here that says clickbait preachers. Clickbait preachers. I want to be a clickbait preacher. Clickbait, but you know what clickbait is? You know, you put the thing up to make you click on it, right? To maybe make you choose it so you'll listen to it or you watch it or whatever. Yeah. And now they have these bots that are doing it and you listen to it. It's not even a human talking. They just do it because if they get a certain number of views, they can make a certain amount of money. And it's just, it's just, it's all this, this whole false system. And this false system is just growing. It's rampant. It's, all, it's actually so much. It's, it's like a virus, a nasty virus. It's a huge pandemic in our, in, in our culture in the world's culture, really. Yeah. Clickbait preachers are preachers are overly political. Yeah. yeah, preachers that are always, you know, they're preaching, uh, they're, they're always preaching. Do I got time somewhere? Oh. I, 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 I just want to make sure that I, 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 I'm not preaching too far over. Overly political preachers, you know, they, they, they're preaching, uh, you know, always politics. It's political this, political, or it's ideas of politics and stuff like that. The Bible doesn't teach us to preach that way. I'm going to open the Bible here in a second. Amen. Uh, another one, another example is an over-eschatological preacher. Preachers that are so focused on the end times and, and all that stuff, and they're preaching about this or that, you know what I mean? Uh, that's another example of, of clickbait preachers, right? Yeah. Overly zealous. There are examples of overly zealous preachers. Overly zealous, they're, they're, so, uh, they're so sold on something that they go too far with it, and they take it into to areas that it doesn't belong, amen? And then they see all of these things, though, overly. And that's the word, the key word that we have to hear here. When it's too much of the wrong thing, it's in a ditch. Now, too much of Jesus is never in a ditch, just so you know. Right? Just, can't, we can't have too much of Jesus, too much Holy Ghost, too much God. You know, uh, but, but uh, I shouldn't say that. Because people can preach one part of 
the Godhead too much and, and, and reject, because we know, we know of a preacher that's done that. It's completely rejected Jesus in the sense of uh, Jesus, Holy Ghost only. That's, that's the way they preach. And, that's, and so that's off too. You know, and, and it's not hard to tell that. But over, you, you understand, overly uh, out of bounds, yeah. too much. Amen. Turn with me to Romans 10, 1, uh, 10, 1. You know, and the heart behind this message isn't to... Uh, actually, a lot of these things I didn't know necessarily I was going to talk about, but the, the heart of this message isn't to, to preach about, uh, uh, you know, what other people are doing. If I use examples of other things, it's to bring to our, 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 our understanding or to uh, make us or help us to see things a little more clearly, right? Yeah. Look what it says here about the Israelites. It says, brothers and sisters, my hearts, this is verse 1, Romans 10, 1 through 4. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer, for, uh, prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. That's interesting. So first he's talking about their prayer to be saved. And some people get overly Israel conscious. Now we, we need to be Israel conscious. We need to be all people conscious. But there's some preachers that get too much in that vein as well. And that's, 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 that's distracting from what, what, God's, what God wants to do overall, right? Um, but they, these people, what he's using here as an example of these Israelites, these religious Israelites, they're, they're, they're zealous, right? Yeah. Meaning they, 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 they're like really into it. They want it. They're, they're all about it, right? Yeah. But, but we understand here that uh, it's understood here that because their zeal is not based on knowledge, it doesn't do them any good. It makes them miss the most important, the key part, which is salvation. That's the whole, that's everything circles around that, that, that idea of salvation. And so this overzealousness in them, in these religious people, are making them miss the key thing that's important. And, and we do that sometimes, overzealousness, and that's why I bring this up, is because here's a great example. We have to remember, um, and I want you to think about that, the Israelites that Paul is talking about here, these are the ones that were the closest to the truth. These aren't the ones that were, these aren't the religious people that were off. The Israelites that Paul was talking about were the ones closest to God. And yet he's saying to them, it's not doing them any good. Let's finish reading first. Amen. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. They would not hear. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Now this is what's important here. They're religious. They're faithful to their practices. But they're not righteous. Righteousness is it's real simple. It's not a hard word. Righteousness is simply what is right. And not just what is right generally, what's right for you, or what's right for you, or what's right for you, but it's, it's what's right with God, amen? And, and another definition of it is the act of doing what is in agreement with God's standards. So when we hear, are we listening for what's in agreement with God's standards, or are we importing our own righteousness into it? 
and saying, well, I, I reject this because it's, or I won't listen to this, or I don't need to hear this. Or maybe you're not even saying that. Maybe you're just saying, well, this is the direction I'm going, so I'm going to continue going this way. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? These were the people, and I want to repeat this, that were the closest to the truth, yet they were completely blind to it. They, the Messiah was sent to these people, yeah. for these people. You, you, you got you to gotta get this. You, gotta, you really got to understand what, what, what I'm saying in saying this. Because now we know, and of course uh, the Bible deals with this, that we've been grafted in because they rejected it and we're, we're thankful for that. But what happens if we, in our overzealousness for religion, yeah. for whatever, start rejecting the truth? If we, if we start, or, or not even rejecting the truth, because it's not, even a, is, is, uh, it's not even as active as rejection in the sense that I'm saying, no, I don't want this. But it's, 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 it's even as passive as just saying, well, I'm so much, I've heard so much what I've heard that I can't hear this. Yeah. Do you understand? Like, I, I've, I've chosen to hear what I've wanted to hear so much that when this is being said, I can't hear it. So our rejection can be something as simple as not, not forcefully rejecting it, but not hearing it. Yeah. Our rejection, I don't know if I'm being clear in this, uh, and I really want this to be clear because this is the problem yeah. in the church. It's not that truth isn't being preached. It's not that there isn't people out there that are standing, uh, standing on the truth and, and, and vying for the truth and, and just, uh, you know, endeavoring to be. And it's not that people there in the seats aren't wanting the truth. But they've heard so much of what they've heard that they can't hear what God wants to say. Does this make sense? So we, blind, we, we make ourselves blind or really deaf to what the truth is being, the truth that's being preached because we've heard things, we filtered it. Do you know a filter? I saw this filter, one, these guys doing this, this the, you know, one of those stupid videos where they, they do stupid things, but you watch it because you've wondered about it too. You know what I mean? Like I, I can get caught up in those sometimes. And these guys, these two guys, they were, they were like, they got life straws. You know what life straws are? Life straws. Caleb, was it Caleb that, that, that drank the milk through the life straw? Don't ever drink milk through a life straw. It ruins it because uh, it rots inside. A life straw is a straw that you can use if you're hiking or camping. You can dip it down into water that you know, could have stuff in it, like stream water. You don't know what's it, what kind of bacteria are in it. And you drink through it and it purifies it instantly. But um, you, know, you, can, uh, you, you can ruin that if, you, if the filter, what's in the filter is, is bad. And so these guys, what they had done is they had, uh, they were, they, they drank water, I think that had, like, they had mixed kitty litter in with the water or something, or something like that, you know, it was, it was, it was quite awful. But, um, and I think of that, you know, and the guy accidentally, like, flipped the straw around and then drank out of the wrong side and then realized it as he was doing, yeah, so he was like, oh, it ain't gonna work that way. But <clears throat> the idea is, when the filter is saturated with the wrong thing, whatever you're running through it can pick up whatever's in that, whatever's in that filter. And so if the filter in our hearing is like maybe, I mean, when you take something as simple as denominational based, that's how we hear. There's people that only hear the word through their denomination. 
And so that's, that's the easiest and quickest way that we can call it out. <clears throat> but then we have all this, this whole group, which we like to classify ourselves in as non-denominational, as though that's better, right? Oh, we're not denominational. We're here for everybody. You know, we want the truth, we want the Bible, but we're, we're, we're not confined to man's tradition. But we've become a denomination. Everybody, yeah, everybody's kind of doing their own thing and, and, and they're filtering, because they're filtering it, through, they filter it through those ideas. You know, and so we can still miss what God's doing. And so much so, that, like I said, I miss the importance of the Lord's Prayer, not because the others were doing it right, but because we didn't ever make it right. We just took it and said they were doing it wrong, so don't do it the, the way they're doing it. And so we just forget about it. And then you never hear it preached about. And that's just an example of how many, there's how many things in, in Scripture that, we, that we, we, we don't really understand, that we filtered them and filtered them and filtered them, and then we get to this place where, where, where we have our own ideas, and so you sit there in the seats, and what do you hear? Are you hearing what God is speaking to you today, if he indeed, indeed is? I would never uh, you know, want to be part of a church that's not speaking, or that God's not speaking through them somehow. Unless, of course, God has called me there to help it be something or whatever. The same, same thing goes with you. But this is the problem is we all have a place in the place where God calls us to be. That's why it's so important to know where God has called us to be. Because if we know that, then we know he can speak to us even when the voice that's speaking isn't perfect. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Take heed how you hear. I want to bring up 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. In this scripture last week, we read in the NASB. It's, it's a little bit different. It sounds a little bit different in the NIV. This week, I just decided to go with these scriptures that seemed right to do so, right? And uh, it says, For the time will come, and we haven't even got into the new part of the message yet, but I told you that anyways at the beginning. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Now, one of the, one of the scriptures or one of the things that Paul told Timothy and Titus, you see over and over and over in those letters is this phrase, these two words, sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. And if you do a little research, that the word for sound literally is healthy. So it's something that's healthy. It's good for you, right? Sound doctrine. This is the thing that we are to adhere to is sound doctrine. Something, it's healthy for us. Um, and, and, and that's why I had talked about, you know, um, when I was preaching politi politically and it corrected my heart. God corrected my heart because I realized that I was off because what I was saying wasn't sound doctrine. It wasn't healthy for people. To just stir people up and get them excited is not healthy. That doesn't equate to health. Just telling you what you want to hear is never going to be healthy for you. It's never going to be helpful to you. It will never, uh, in your heart, it will never change things that need to be changed to make you better equipped to do the things of God if I'm just sitting there telling you things that you want to hear. Amen? And so if a message, so what we have to desire, uh, we, we notice it says here that the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Yeah. 
So it's not, it doesn't matter if the one preaching it. And again, the focus is on the people. And I'm not saying that every bad preacher, uh, you know, it's just the people's fault. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that your responsibility doesn't just lax. Like you have a responsibility to not put up with sound doctrine. Amen. To hear things when you're in the first place is maybe you have no voice to anyone else. But in your own head, in your own heart, when, the, when, the, when these things come across to you, you have to decide to hold on to good doctrine. Amen? And how do we do that? We realize that doctrine that just suits our desires, right, yeah. is not, is not doctrine. Listen, there are things I've had to walk away from because it wasn't sound doctrine. And it wasn't easy. In fact, it was some of the hardest things that we've done is walk away from things that weren't sound doctrine. It's put us in bad positions. I'll put it, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. There's been times where it makes us, it puts us, it puts us alone. It leaves us by ourselves. And, and, and these are all things, of course, I've been warned, warned about over and over and over again. So I'm filtering you know, all that through that as well. We have to be careful of that. But if, if, if something wasn't sound doctrine, I couldn't go on with it. And I realized that I couldn't embrace that. Is it, you know what I mean? And sound doctrine, we're not talking about, okay, the preacher said something that was maybe not the way that I saw it or the way that I studied it out. Sound doctrine is when we have a doctrine that's built around a fallacy, something that isn't really what the Bible says. And there's lots of those out there, amen? In every camp, it doesn't matter, they're out there. And, and I can see, like, I, I've just been, been in this long enough now to see the effects that this even has on people. That you, you, you know, my wife and I were watching a, a show the other day, and there was a guy on there, and there was something about the guy I noticed, you know? I just noticed it was different, right? Good-looking guy, I mean, from the world standards. It wasn't like anything, you know, but just there was something different about him. And then one, in part of the, one of the episodes or whatever, he said, he said it, and I realized that's exactly what it is. And I even, I even mentioned it to her. This man was Mormon. And I don't know what it is, but if you go over to Utah, go into that area, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of, there's, there's a look that they get. I remember my mom one time was a project that she was working on for her, for her job, and, and it was a building project. And this guy, she just knew, she's like, there's something about him. And then she asked him, she's like, did you used to be Amish? I hope you don't mind me saying that. I'm not saying who the guy is. He probably ain't watching anyways. I mean, he's got TV now. You know, so praise the Lord, but whatever, but uh, or, or internet or whatever they all do, anyways. But uh, uh, um, so if we have Amish people watch us, we love you. We're not not against you, anything like that. I got, you know, I got accused of being anti-Catholic once because I make jokes. This lady was really offended, and then I felt really bad because I did that. I was like, well, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm for all people. I just make jokes about things sometimes, you know. Sometimes I go too far. A lot of I go too far. But at any rate, my mom said, "Did you used to be Amish?" You asked him, right? And, and, and he verified, yes, he was. Why? Because there was something about him he, she could just tell. You know, and that's the thing with certain religious things, too. If you get smart, wise, you can just tell certain things. You'd be like, oh, uh, like this, this, a person gave me something to watch once. And I watched it. And, and I said, uh, I watched 10 minutes of it. And, I, and my wife and I watched it together. Now, maybe not even five minutes of it. Five to 10 minutes. Somewhere in there, right? 90%. I don't know. Five to ten minutes. And we watched just a little bit of it, and, uh, and, and I said to her, I was like, this person's this, this person's this, this person's this. And what I mean is their belief system. I named off, I rattled them off, and was I right on them? Right, she knew it too. Why? Because you can just know these things sometimes. Because people 
they, 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 they can embrace something so much that they become that thing. And if you didn't think about this or if you didn't know this, we're made to be that way because we're made to reflect God's glory. But what we do is we trade God's glory for man's glory. We trade God's glory for lesser things, for being this religion or that idea or this thought process or I'm American or I'm European or, and, and everybody's doing it, you know? I'm, I'm African. You know, these are things I've learned from going over the different places. Everybody has the attitude. You know, you're in America, you're the best thing since sliced bread, right? You go to Germany, and they look at you and like, they don't like you because you're speaking English. And you can't speak German. And they know who you are or what you are, and they know what you're about, or they think they've lumped you, you know what I mean? Because we've allowed ourselves to become these things. When, when in reality, what we're supposed to be is reflecting God's glory. But what happens when people won't hear because now I'm getting out there, I'm going a ways out there, but I'll bring it back into what do we hear as you sit there in your seats, right? Because what you will hear or what you won't hear will keep you from doing just that, reflecting God's glory. Where you determine that you're going to be. If, if, if you get upset because you hear something you don't like or you get moved uh, into a wrong way of thinking because it, or you just flat out reject it, you will miss what God wants to do if you're called to be there. And there's so many people because they, they, they only want what they want, and so they're looking to be fed what they're... And those kinds of people are some of the most dangerous people. Amen? Yeah. It's the truth. Why? Because they will be manipulated, they will be controlled, or they will manipulate and control. Yeah. Manipulation and control is never of God. Right. It's never of God. Right. The Holy Spirit, if there's anybody who would have the right to manipulate and control it would be God. And yet he won't even do that. All the way to allowing a person to go to hell if that's what they want to do. God could manipulate, well, I can't, you know, because God won't do that. But the point that I'm trying to make is if there's anyone who had right to do it, but people will be manipulated and controlled because it's what they want to hear or it's not what they want to hear. Amen? Let's see if I can figure out why I wrote this down. Faith is not an imaginary friend. It is not a way of making our desires come to pass. You think about politicians, right? And again, these preachers can be like this too sometimes. Uh, what do politicians do? They want you to vote for them. So they get up there and they find the group that they're speaking to, whoever they think they can get the most votes from, right? You know, and they focus on them. You know, uh, you know uh, President Trump, when he, when he was campaigning or whatever, he came to Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Notice he didn't come to Corey, Pennsylvania. He's probably never heard of Corey, Pennsylvania. I can guarantee you he didn't even drive through or over, fly over Spartansburg. Right. You know what I mean? I have no idea what that even is. Well, why is it? Because that's not where the votes are. And politicians do this all the time. They present and they promise all these things. And if you notice that a lot of politicians, they promise a lot of things and they never follow through with it. Well, I've noticed that in religion, too. That people can promise a lot of things, and yet it never happens. It never comes to pass. They always come up with another reason why it didn't happen. And I want to be very careful about that as a minister, because I don't want to present people... Uh, I mean, if it's in here, it's truth. But we have to make sure that our understanding of this is a good understanding. And if I just want to manipulate this, and, or, or, or if I do manipulate it because it's what I want to hear, or I know it's what you want to hear, then it's wrong. 
And if you sit in a place because you're only hearing, you're hearing what you want to hear, I've, I, I've, heard people, I, I've heard people give all kinds of reasons for sitting in churches. Oh, I really like the preaching. Wrong reason. I know people really like the way that they teach. Wrong reason. None of that has anything to do with why you should be in the church. Yeah. I like the music. Of course, those are obvious. Shouldn't matter. Right? right? All these things, all these reasons people come up with, either go, go, reasons they go to church or won't go to church. Yeah, yeah. And it's all wrong. And it all exposes the heart of humanity. Yeah. That's what it does. We, are we where God has us, and are we hearing what we need to hear? Are we hearing the truth? Are we, are we listening for God's truth in the places that he... If people would start doing this, they would start reflecting God's glory. But what we have is we have everybody running around trying to hear what they want to hear. I just need somebody to preach me something happy or something that, I, that, that stirs me up and gets me excited for next week instead of realizing that I need to hear the truth. Amen? Amen. Faith is not an imaginary friend. It is not a way of making our desires come to be. I, that, that's not what it was for. And so if, if our, our teaching, our understanding of faith is around, centered around that idea of just making what things we want to happen, happen, that's not what faith is for. Faith is to connect us to God. Um, I, I wrote this down a little bit later on, but I probably won't get to it. Living in faith is not about obtaining what we don't yet have. It's placing your trust in him when you don't have it yet. It's when you have a need that when faith is not faith is not given to us to go get the need because you're not going it's, to it's, it's almost like it's almost people that treat it like it's almost like it's prying it out of God's hand. And see that's really easy to hear if you just if you just believe enough you can grab it you can have it. But that's not what the Bible teaches because the Bible teaches us there's some things that don't belong to us individually god his spirit will tell you there's some things that don't belong to you and you don't touch that yep. amen? amen so faith is not about just just uh, just going and grabbing something we don't have faith is about staying in a place of uh, of constancy when we're when we don't have it yet when we don't know what we're going to do ah faith comes in and says but god i can trust god i can trust god I can believe in God. Amen? I, everything else may have failed me, but I can trust in Him. Amen? Yeah. But you see, that's not always easy to hear. Right. It's not always easy to hear that you still aren't going to know what your answer is. It's not always easy to hear that you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Because we don't. It's not always easy to hear that. But faith doesn't, faith doesn't allow us to wallow in that place. Yeah. In uncertainty. That's not what I'm advocating for. Faith is what lifts us up and says, God, we know that God's goodness. Amen? I want to uh, go to Psalm, Psalms 55. Psalm 55. I hope I get this right. Yeah. Psalm 55, verse 22. This came to me when my wife was doing announcements. It says, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. That's faith. Yeah. Casting your care on the Lord and let him sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. 
Now, and I don't typically always, I don't typically anymore anyways go to the amplified version that much, but the amplified version does say, I think in a way that's even a little bit better, it says, he will, will not let the consistently righteous be shaken. Meaning that, you know, it's not just, oh, I was righteous once and so I'll never be shaken, but it's those who stay in righteousness, right standing with God. Because that's what faith is all about. Faith keeps us in right standing with God. What is that? Trusting God in the midst of trial. Trusting God in the midst of the storm. Yeah, you know, it's, I mean, we have so many of these examples in Scripture. Jesus didn't avoid every storm. Paul, I mean, and this is the very thing. I mean, point to, look at the life of the Apostle Paul. One trial after another trial after another trial. Opposition to him in every place that he went. Lots and lots of lack. And then times of, uh, of, of some prosperity. And then again thrust into prison or, or lack. I was thinking about this. I was reading about him th- this afternoon. And uh, oh, I was re- reading the letter uh, to Philemon. Right? Have you ever re- read that? It's just a real short letter. I was reading his letter to Philemon. And, and Paul is an old man. He's talking about being an old man. And he's in prison. But you know what he says in there? He says, but prepare a place for me. Because I hope, uh, in, in hope that you're, basically in hope that your prayers are answered and I get to come to you. So even in that place of prison as an old man, and I was thinking about that, like we don't put old men in prison. You know what I mean? Like old men that are, are preaching the gospel. That's not a reason to go to prison. You know, he's not killing anybody. He's not doing bad things. He's just, he's preaching the gospel and he ends up in prison for it. And, and here, here he is in prison. And, and what is his hope in that? It's faith. This is true faith. It didn't keep him from prison. It was that, 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 that by your prayers and trusting in God, I'll be able to come see you again. And that's what his hope was in. Amen? And so, is, is, but, but, but listen, we have, to hear, we have to hear by seeing these things. Seeing these things in Scripture and understanding. We, we're not after just getting our ears. And I wanted to get back into that. Maybe I'll have to do it next week. I don't know. Praise the Lord. But I am really... Uh, uh, I'm really at close to the end. But we have to, the, the, the important thing that this revolves around is our, our desire to not chase after politician-type preachers. Yeah. And what I mean by that is those who will sell you something purposely or, un, or, or inadvertently, it doesn't matter that they're going to sell you something that you want to hear and you'll just, you'll just take it. But not just preachers. This goes for each other, too. What is someone else selling you? Do you realize we're all peddling something? Everybody is. Listen, if you're in the store, you see something, you see somebody, and some, some God moves on your heart, and you know that you need to go talk to him, and you start heading towards him, you're selling them something. Whether you like it or not, whether you like that terminology or not, that's what you're doing. When somebody is presenting something, when they're trying to get something from you or getting you to do or operate in a certain way, it doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or indifferent, they're selling you something. And selling you something isn't necessarily bad. I'm not saying that. What I'm, the reason I'm bringing that up is because what we have to do is we have to judge what is being sold. Yeah. Take heed how you hear. Yeah. Yeah. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. 
You know, if, if, what is being sold to me? Do you consider that? When, you, when your kids are trying to get you to do something, what are they selling me? When your spouse is trying to get you to do something, what are they selling me? It's not wrong to think about that. It's not wrong. I mean, that doesn't mean that we have to be leery about everybody. You understand. But you know right from wrong. And if you will buy what's wrong, then you have itching ears and you only want to hear what you want to hear. Even if it's what you don't want to hear. Now, this is where it gets confusing because I've even learned this. There's been times when I've accepted what I don't want to hear because in actuality, it's what I wanted to hear. It was where I was comfortable. It's what kept me comfortable. Yeah. So as long as it kept me comfortable, even though I didn't want to hear it, yeah. I was willing to receive it. Yeah. But that's no different than hearing somebody preach to you or tell you something that you completely want and you accept it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, because it keeps us in that place of comfort. Mm -hmm. We can't have itching ears. Yeah. We, have to, we have to desire sound doctrine, yes. the truth. From all people. And in our interactions. Now there's certain people you can demand this from and certain people you can't. You go to Walmart, cashier, you can't really demand, put too much demand on that person. You never met them before, you may never see them again, right? But other relationships you can. And even in people in the church. And not just this. You don't just have a demand from me, but I should be able to demand certain things from you. I should be able to expect. You know, my wife was talking about this. And this is something that I'll bring up here as well. If you want a church to be, this church to be in existence, then you better do everything you can do to make sure it does. Yeah. Because there could be a day when it's not there. Right. And I would tell the same thing to the Mayville people because it's the truth. Yeah. If you want it to be there, if you like it being there, you better make sure you're doing everything for it. Yeah. But see, what a lot of people do is a lot of people say, well, somebody else will do it. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's not the way that we're supposed to do it. Because whatever we, see, whatever we receive from God it's up to us and what we do to partake of that. Now, that's not to put people in bondage of anything. You sit there and say, well, I don't want anything to do with it. Well, that's fine. You don't have to. But then, you know, if you don't have it someday, don't be surprised by it either. And it's the same thing, you know, and you can take this in, in, in relationships and everything in life. I, I look at my house. There's certain things that I just don't want to do. But there's sometimes, because if I don't do it, the roof will fall down. So I got to do it. You know what I mean? And so if I want that roof to be up, if the roof falls down, I, I mean, I've thought about this many times as I've driven around the countryside and I see houses that are falling down, once beautiful houses. How does it get to that state? Because at some point, it just wasn't worth it enough for somebody to make sure that it stayed. But the same thing goes with our faith. How do we stay in the truth? By, ha by desiring the truth above all else. I only want the truth. I don't want any falsehood. I won't receive it even if it's what I want to hear, even if it's something that hurts me, even if it's something that pulls me or moves me, whatever it does, we have to be open to hearing the truth. Praise the Lord. Well, I didn't get into all that I wanted to get into, but I, we did get somewhere. Hallelujah. I think we mostly got through what we went through last week, but we went through it again. But, 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 but I probably won't be preaching this five and ten years down the road. I don't know. I'm probably not going to preach this message over and over again. But we, it, it, it is something that we need to hear. I, I trust that you were helped tonight. And even if you weren't, I believe that you were. Praise the Lord. Um, with all my heart, because I delivered you the message that I believe that the Lord gave me to deliver. Amen. And uh, if we get to go on to a third week, we'll praise the Lord. We'll 
do more stuff. We add more, more scriptures to it. And, or we'll preach the same thing over and I'll just say different things about it. I don't know. Whatever it is, but praise God. God's getting us somewhere. Amen.